Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each week, my guest and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spiritually, practically, and statistically. Now, why do we do this? We've been doing this for about 50 sessions now, 50 radio shows. We want to increase your connection to coincidences so that you can benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life. I have written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. You can put that phrase, Connecting with Coincidence, in your web browser to find my book, my Psychology Today blog, website, and social media sites. If you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey, Connecting with Coincidence. Our guest today is Gary Schwartz. Gary is the first return a guest I've had on this program, and it's a delight to have Gary back. He is a professor of psychology, medicine, neurology, psychiatry, and surgery at the University of Arizona and director of the Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health. He is also co-founder and president of the new academy, get this, for the advancement of post-materialistic sciences, post-materialistic sciences. That's when we get into incorporating spirituality once again into our lives and into our science. He is the author of many books, including the 2017 Super Synchronicity. (coughs) Super Synchronicity reflects Gary's kind of coincidence. A lot of people have different kinds of coincidences. Some people experience human GPS, others simulpathity, and yet others do psychokinesis. Gary sees strings of things, strings of things, strong, long strings of things sometimes that he calls super synchronicity. And welcome back to the show, Gary. It's a privilege to be with you. And I'm so glad you are being so active in bringing all these different aspects forward to the general public. Well, thanks, Gary. I, I It looks like it might, might be having some effect. And part of it is people like you, and particularly you, putting the ideas out in your way so synchronicity becomes something that's more in the general public's domain than it has been. And I think it's increasing out there, people talking about it more. Mm-hmm. I have some. I have a few questions for you that, uh, uh, I, I, that I got from your book and I still don't quite have good answers for. Let's start with a, maybe a simpler one. What does a person have to do to become a personal scientist, particularly in the study of coincidences? Well, that's a great question. Um, I use the term self-science, or I like your term personal scientist. Um, and 
What I mean by that is applying some of the core methods of good science to the laboratories of our personal lives. So what that means is that is that we're we're trying to be more careful about what evidence is, how we collect it, and being more cautious about how we interpret it so that we can become reach a more valid, justifiable, responsible um, conclusion, particularly as going to relate to our personal lives or the lives of others. So, for example, in this chapter I have called The Evidence is Always Friendly in my book, which is uh, well, that's the take-home lesson from that, that chapter. Um, I talk about how the that one of the things that we need to be able to do when synchronicities occur, which now is feasible to do, is to, is to record the information when it occurs or jot down notes about that shortly after it's occurred so that we get the information accurately and we don't forget it. And thanks to our super smartphones that we have today, I have a an, uh, an iPhone 8 Plus, which is not the most recent iPhone, but it's... Uh, uh, I can't remember whether I have 128 gigabytes of, of a photo storage and so on. And I take I take videos, I take um, uh, uh, shots, screenshots. I um, I will make audio notes. I have got this capability to be able to record these things and then easily go back and look at them. And so, therefore, the first criteria for being a responsible scientist is to collect the up observations, collect them accurately so that you can be sure they happen, you can be sure your memory is accurate, and you can start then searching for the kinds of connections that will help us with meaning. That's what I mean by personal science. Excellent, 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 excellent. Um, and part of one of the questions, part of a confusion in understanding uh, coincidences is this term random, uh, which is related mm. to the term chance, uh, but they're they're separate too. They're not they're not the same thing. Um, but you, you've written um, in your book about randomness um, and how the universe can't be random. Um, would you talk about randomness, the universe, and synchronicity, please? Uh, sure. Um, and if I get too detailed, just make me sure that, that we get back to the core basics. But let's get back to the what we mean by the term. Will do. I the will lay do. meaning of the word random. What we mean by random, typically, is that, because there's two implicit meanings. One idea of random is that we mean chance. And what we mean by chance is it's sort of uh, un not only unpredictable, but essentially uncaused. And this is a statistical definition of randomness. So in statistics, in order, for example, to, to, to uh, flip coins or do this in a computer where you're get, getting 50% heads and 50% tails on the average, it's very important that each event be independent of every other event. Each event is independent of every other event, and the events don't change over time. So if you have these conditions where 
two things, two or more things are occurring, and they're, quote, independent of each other, what will happen under those circumstances is you'll get what's called the normal distribution, which will average around, in the case of, of heads and tails, 50%. And the probability of getting that normal distribution is almost 100%. That is, the more you do it, the more it will give you 100%. The law, that the law of large numbers, as the statisticians call it. That's what, correct. That the more you do it, if it's independent, the more it will give you that what looks like a chance distribution. But what's interesting about that distribution, by the way, is it approximates more and more, for example, in, this, in the simple case of bell-shaped curve. So it's, in one sense, it's, quote, random, but in another case, it's not random. It's, it's actually... Not and, and that bell-shaped curve uh, amazes me um, about its ubiquity. It's almost it is an archetype. It's a mathematical archetype that's present in our universe under some um, under many conditions. It doesn't fit all conditions of of what might be randomness. There are various shapes, but it it it's 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 something that's an enduring pattern in so many places that we look. And yes, however, we have to qualify that. Good. And the reason why we have to qualify that is that to, that's only if you look at it loosely. But if you look at it more finely, what you discover is that nothing in the universe actually fits that average pattern. In other words, if you look very closely. Except throwing dice or throwing even, uh, coins. Even, even throwing coins, if you do it, turns out to be not completely random the more you do it. It's really funny because the law of all of large numbers also means that you can see subtleties in shapes. And, and let me give you an example from, let's say, the decay of, a, of, a, of strontium-90, you know, radioactive yeah. decay. Yeah. We think that that's, quote, random, all right? Now, what we mean by random is it looks like sort of a, a it looks sort of like a, a random curve. However, remember, in order for randomness to be true, each event must be independent of every yeah, other event. Yeah. However, physics tells us that doesn't happen. The, 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 these things are not independent of each other. So when and that's what I always thought that when one of those particles uh, decays, it influences uh, some of the particles around it. It has to. It has to. By the laws of physics. So the laws of physics actually create a quagmire. It's a paradox that most physicists ignore. And that paradox is, on the one hand, we say that things are, quote, random. And on the other hand, physics tells us that nothing can be random. So what we have to do is that's where we get to the second meaning of the word random. And where what we mean by random is that we don't understand, it's too complicated for us to predict what the patterns are or understand what the patterns are. But within that, there is a regularity. So there's a hidden regularity in what looks to be um, chaos. And they even call that, quote, chaos theory. And, and that description, meaning that it's just so complicated, we, don't, we haven't yet figured out the pattern, says, for example, even in a number as seemingly random as the number pi, 
We're you know, gonna, well, let's 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 keep pie let's keep pie in the in for our next uh, segment. Okay. Um, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and that's me on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest today is Dr. Gary Schwartz. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Wilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Wilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! <laughs> yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? 
Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. And that is me. And our our guest today is Dr. Gary Schwartz. And we are being very random today, which is another use of the word that out there in the college group. Uh, hey, that was random. I, I really like the way people use that. Hey, that was a random thing. Um, and it's becoming part of the parlance. But we were talking. <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking about the letter pi and the second definition of random, which is too complicated for us to predict. But we kind of know there is a hidden pattern there because we kind of see it. That's correct. And the reason for saying this, uh, that to look for hidden patterns rather than just knee jerk response, it's quote chance. The reason why that's important is because it leads to a more not only a more consistent view of our of the universe, but it also allows for coincidence, meaningful coincidence, and strings of what you call serial coincidence, or I call supersynchronicity, to occur. So I'd like to jump right into that because this is not hidden. This hits you in the face. Go ahead. So here's the argument that the average statistician uses who hasn't really thought this through because partly because they're not aware of the kind of data that I've been, been reporting in, in, in the book, Supersynchronicity, and in the, the latest work that I'm doing. And here's the basic explanation. The average statistician will say, sure, you know, let's, let's talk about um, sharks, my latest flurry of synchronicities. Um, the, uh, we go to African Village, which is a, uh, essentially an art fair of approximately 100 dealers of African art from around the world that converge on Tucson every February as part of what's called the Tucson Gem Show. All right? I've been We've there. Been go- You've been there? Fantastic. Yeah. Then you know that's a special place. Yeah. And there are, I'll make a, a guesstimate, maybe 10,000 pieces of art shown there from tiny little things from a few dollars for pieces that might cost 5000 or $10,000. They don't have the super expensive ones, but they have this range. And Rhonda and I have been going there for 12 years. And this year, in the far right-hand corner of the of the where the quote the, the art fair is, um, there was a, a dealer who had a a uh, a four foot approximately long. It looks sort of um, it's, well, it's very weathered. It, it's real. And it sort of looks partly, uh, what's the word, prehistoric, and partly um, very contemporized, almost Picassoist, um, looking shark, uh, uh, possibly looking shark on on a stand, all right? We had never seen a shark statue in all the years that we've been going there. So if we were trying to guess the probability of finding a shark, a big shark, in the... uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the art show, fair you say, is almost zero, or it's ridiculously tiny. So when we saw that first shark, it was very striking. It had no meaning to us, no meaning, and it was just a, a random event, and, quote, random meaning that it just happened, and we had no understanding of its uh, why it was there or whatever. Yeah. Now... Rhonda, my wife, fell in love with that particular piece of artwork, purely for aesthetic reasons in terms of her consciousness. And she uh, wanted to show it to me, okay? 
And then she noticed, started noticing shark synchronicities. Now, of course, if you start notice, looking for things, you're going to be more likely to find them. Yeah. But this was not hard to see because it turned out that there was a gigantic billboard. You know how big billboards could be right near African Village advertising the new aquarium <laughs> that's been built, desert aquarium in the Scottsdale area of Phoenix. And featured in, the, in this gigantic billboard is a gigantic shark. So now you've got, and by the way, most people don't see, if you calculate the probability of seeing a shark on a billboard, you know, and this is not during the Jaws period of time, we're talking about normal times, um, you almost never see a gigantic shark on a billboard. And as I said, you almost never see uh, that event. So if you calculate the probability of just those two events occurring, that probability might be one in a million, might be one in 10 million. We could calculate it. What the statistician will argue, and correctly so, sure, that could happen, and it's ridiculously improbable. But you have billions of people on the planet doing all kinds of things all day long. And if you have enough people doing enough things, by chance, you're going to have a pairing. So what that means is, from a statistical point of view, it might be just chance or random or what, them, or what they call the law of truly large numbers. Right. And okay. I have such trouble with that because the law of large numbers has a, a, a statistical proof. You can prove that idea with, uh, with the way statisticians and mathematicians prove some of their axioms. But this one you can't because you don't know what large enough is. But even more than that, what I'm finding is that what we are doing, you and I and others interested in synchronicity, is that we are, and you're going to go through this, but um, we, what we are arguing about the same thing, the same phenomenon, very low probability events. Right. However, the, the way that you get around that, quote, problem yes. is when you start having serial coincidences. And that's what I want to explain to you, because once you get it, Bernie, you can then explain it to the world. All right. Now, so let's say that by chance, you know, somebody is going to have a shark synchronicity on the planet. That's true. But then what happens if you're driving home from this and now you see a big shark um, uh, on the put into the window of the um, university, one of the University of Arizona buildings. Now, if you go around the world you're not going to see big sharks in the average non-museum, you know, type university building. You just don't see sharks on university buildings. In fact, the University of Arizona, as far as I know, has never had a shark in its building. But driving along, what does Rhonda notice? A big shark in the window. Now, the probability of those three things occurring by chance, you have to calculate that. And you what happens to, is you have to be able to calculate the probability of each one, and then you multiply the probability of each one by the next one and by the next one. Right. So you're multiplying three low probability events together, and you're right. making each one low prob more low probability. Exactly. But you see, the first two 
the statistician would argue and say, well, it's a really low probability, but it's actually really high because it'll happen by chance if enough, if enough people do it. And let me do it. Let, let me finish. But when okay. you add the third one, when you add the third one, yeah. now you can't, now the probability of having it repeated, this is the critical thing. Okay. If it's the repetition of the pair, it's the repetition of the pair that makes it really low probability. Yes, yes. And then when you have not three, but you have four, and then you have five, and then you have six, if you have six of these in a row, which is what I call a type three synchronicity, or you know, we call it a type three serial coincidence, which I then coined the term super synchronicity for, when you calculate those conditional probabilities using taking into account this argument about, well, by chance, you know, if you have enough people doing it, it would happen anyway. That's true for a single pair. But when you do it five times, six times, 19 times, for example, with my duck synchronicities, uh -huh. for example, the calculations become so ridiculously tiny that there isn't enough time in the universe for them to occur by chance. Yeah, and if, the, if our readers want to understand that, the phrase there isn't enough time in the universe they'll go to your book we're not going to do right. that we're not going to do that Please. on the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was really cool was, we're not going to do that today we're we're going to but it was really cool the way you did that calculation and i i, I i'm still I, i'm i just fondly remember looking at it but the 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 statistician. I'm going to be talking to David Hand, the statistician who's been involved with this stuff in a couple of weeks, and what they say is something like what you said: uh, a low probability event is highly probable. Th those words are um, confusing to me. I know, but that's what I've just tried to hopefully explain to you. A low probability event for a pair of events of is, event. is, is highly probable. They say, but a low probability event for a series of events is a low probability. Uh, that's it. I could almost see that the graph you just drew, you drew a low probability. Now this is confusing for anybody listening. A low probability event is highly probable for two, uh, for two events. If, if, but then when you have uh, something past a pair or three, but get to a six, then it's so low probability that it's not a high probability. It's no longer a high probability. Event. Then it becomes a super low probability. If there's a there's a threshold at which the probabilities become super low, so they can't be highly probable. Right, and that's why, even though a single event for any single person might be statistically quote. Uh, you can't tell from a single pair whether you can't be 100 percent sure that it's that it was that it's a non-chance event for a single pair, even though it's ridiculous, even though it's highly improbable. However, if that repair pair goes three times, four times, five times, each time it happens more. We need to, we need to be sure you can be sure that something is going on. Okay, let's continue with that. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, uh, Bernie Beitman, MD. This is me on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. We're talking with Gary Schwartz.
from our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments enabling international participation and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest is Gary Schwartz, and he is humbling me and some of my thinking about coincidences with his excellent, clear, clear descriptions of probabilities and their relevance to coincidence. And I repeat some of what we're talking about: that very low probability, very low probabilities can be highly probable in large populations. But that's a certain kind of low probability, which he sees as pairs. Once you get past pairs to triples and certainly the sixes, 
of the repeated of the same thing, then the probabilities are so low that they cannot be highly probable. That's correct. And now, having said statistically that that's true, that doesn't mean that a single pair of events is not actually really improbable and that it's not meaningful. All it says is, is that it could have happened by chance. Uh, it doesn't mean that that individual pair, in fact, happened by chance. And so what therefore leads you to take it more seriously, and maybe super seriously, no pun uh -huh. intended here, yep. is it is also meaningful. So if it happens at the right time of your life, if it gives you direction, which is then verified or supported by something else, it becomes uh, now a serial. In other words, it now, it now accumulates value and tells you that it's, uh, that it's not, probably not a chance event. Now, that is so very, very important because it is ignored that you can get a pair, but if that pair is also meaningful to you, that adds a third quality to the pair, making it a triple of a kind, and exactly. making it a triple lowers the probability and makes it somehow less than less likely to be and called chance. It immediately makes it less likely than chance. In immediate. Now, that's so important of uh, putting the personal meaning into the equation. That's right. Now, of course, the skeptic would argue and say, well, anybody can find meaning in anything. So, of course, they're going to. Uh, and this is why, by the way, I tend to be I always say that I'm a boring scientist. And what I mean by that is I want to be as sure as possible that an interpretation that I come to is valid. And so consequently, although a single pair of events may be ultra meaningful to me, okay, and I now know it's, it's now more like a triple, I will still ask the universe for additional signs to help confirm that in fact this is correct. Wow. Wow. Now let's, let's, let's go back to the sharks because I want to see where um, you and your wife, Rhonda, uh, found meaning in the sharks. Because one of the things that uh, that I find interesting about uh, super synchronicities um, and the way you approach them is that you tend not to find personal meaning in your series. Uh, you may, but it's more that you're interested in how ultra low probability they are and what they mean in a kind of explanatory sense about the way the universe works. Well, that has been my first step as a scientist. My second step as a scientist is to then do the science of meaning. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you really are. And eventually, like you and I will collaborate someday, and we're gonna, we'll, we'll apply the same rigor to the question of meaning, which you have all the skill in and which I'm just learning. Okay, that's, I'm catching up to that, slowly but surely. So let's get to the sharks and how we went from ridiculous statistical improbability to, um, to uh, meaning. So let me give you an example. And okay? when, again, to, for our listeners, I want to be clear with you and me what we mean by meaning, because there's lots of meanings to the word meaning. Uh, <laughs> 
Yes. And and, in coincidences, there are at least four. um, But the two that we're talking about now are um, personal meaning, like what does it mean for me in my life? And the second is uh, what how do we explain it? And which one are we talking about now? Uh, The meaning for my life. Okay. As opposed to the mechanism of what caused it. Yes. So there's the there's the there's the basic science, the mechanism of how it happened. That's one kind of meaning. Yes. And that's what the second one that you referred to. And but the first one is what does it mean for me personally? How is it guidance? Yes. Possible guidance. Yeah. So let me get you the sharks, okay? Because the shark, because I, I totally, I adore this partly because it's, it's the most recent super synchronicity that I've had and partly because it's so timely personally. So here's, here's the story. Um, Rhonda's having these experiences with these sharks. She is now a self-science. She practices self-science. She is a personal scientist. So she makes photographs. She writes notes and she shares these with me. I mean, it's part of our playful and loving relationship. Okay. Um, and she's really interested in this statue and, and uh, of this sculpture. And uh, and I'm trying to justify myself and say, well, gee, how do we, you know, how do we justify purchasing such a thing? I mean, it's obviously beautiful, but is it also relevant somehow to our lives? Now, by the way, beauty alone is sufficient to justify uh, purchasing a piece of art, living with it, loving it, and so on. That's more than, you know, that's absolutely fine. But what if it has some more meaning? So here's what happens. These things are occurring, and then, believe it or not, we, we, we turn on the television, and what appears but a television show about building, uh, I've never watched this show before, uh, and what caught my eye was that they were building this gigantic fish tank for an, N- uh, an NHL, National Hockey League, and I don't watch hockey, uh, no offense to people who do, um, I watch basketball, but anyway, it was National Hockey, and it was for a team called the Sharks. And they were building this this really large fish tank for a team named the Sharks. And they were putting sharks in the tank. Now, how often do you see a TV show about sharks building sharks for a shark, you know, uh, team and putting sharks in a tank? It's just ridiculously and rare. And I would, I would add, it's not just that there was a TV show, but that you saw it. And, and that it happened at this same time. Exactly. And then you, you turned on the, the station to see it. And well, that, what happened was it just happened to be, they were, they were advertising that it was, that just happened to, quote, chance upon that TV show as we were looking through the TV guide. And then we, we were able to go back because it was a repeat. We were actually able to go on demand and play it back. So you sought it out after having read the TV guide. After having read the TV guide and seeing that it was on at that moment, but oh. we did we we watched the tail end of it, and then we went and watched the beginning, so we could see the whole thing. All I'm so adding, now, all I'm adding, is that you uh, intentionally sought it after yes. you chanced upon it. Yes. I'm just telling you how because this is what then led me. Okay. The chance events is the coincidence. My seeking it out was not a coincidence. My seeking out was a conscious intention that I look at, that I follow this up. But yes. here's the critical part. It was after that experience 
and I calculated the odds. I asked myself, what did this mean? What, why all the sharks in, in our lives right now? And why did I chance upon this TV show? So I then went and went to Google and typed in um, shark symbolic meaning. Uh-huh. In other words, because remember, this shark is coming from, this piece of shark art, art is coming, turns out, from a particular tribe. It's called the Iju. One of the well, ways that it's spelled is I-G-O. I'd never heard of the Iju tribe before in Nigeria on the coast. Um, so I read about the history of that sculpture and also the symbolic meaning of the shark. And what I learned in summary was that when a quote shark comes into your life, one of the primary historic meanings is it is time for you to face your fears and to act with real courage to to achieve a certain end. Uh In other words, it's time where you need, if you would, extra courage. Uh Now, why was that meaningful? to me and to Rhonda, because we are, have embarked on research, which is ultra controversial, which is what we call the Soul Phone Project. And by the way, if any of your listeners are interested, they can go to www.soulphone.org which is a foundation, the Soul Phone Foundation, which was created not by me, but an, another person who's since become a, become a colleague, to foster this kind of work. And this is technology that we, are, that we hypothesize and have strong evidence can actually turn into a practical device for communicating with, quote, spirit or people, quote, on the other side or the greater spiritual reality. And in the process of doing that work, we have to face the fact that people get mind boggled by it. They get threatened by it, particularly in the academic world. I mean, I'm doing this at the University of Arizona and it's becoming more public. And what happens is either the, either the super skeptics, the rabid disbelievers, um, in a greater spiritual reality, or people who are highly religious in a fundamentalist way. And we, Both and, of the, and we need what? to stop with them. I'm sorry to interrupt right then, but sure. we're coming to the end. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me on, the, on this X-Zone Broadcast Network. One of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 934-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce 
And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. with BB connecting with coincidence with your host Dr. Bernie Weidman that is me we are talking to Gary Schwartz who was talking about the need for courage as encouraging as he's been encouraged by a, a, a series of shark coincidences because he needs it right now uh, and is running again running against the academic disbelief in what he's doing, and what you were ending, what you ended the last segment with, Gary, talking about a fundamentalist disbelief in what you're doing. Please elaborate on that. Yes. So the fundamentalists, um, I mean, many fundamentalists are taught by uh, an interpretation of the Bible that uh, one should not uh, communicate with people who have quote died or people who are in quote heaven. Because it might be, uh, you might be influenced by the devil, and therefore it's the work of the devil. So consequently, people put their fingers up, you know, like a cross, um, to say, don't do that. So I'm doing the work of the devil. By the way, mediums are doing the work of the devil, too, according to fundamentalists, people who were raised in a fundamentalist tradition. And metaphorically, I'm doing, quote, the devil's work from a scientific point of view, because I'm addressing questions that people believe are impossible and, uh, you know, shouldn't be addressed, that there must be something wrong in what I'm doing. So it takes a lot of courage to do this work. All right. 
Well, you've been you've been you've been going against the grain for years now, Gary. Yes. Actually, actually, you, what's what's different about the soul phone, given some of the other work that you've done? Well, I'm now good. Thank you for asking that question. By the way, did, did I pay you to ask that question? <laughs> no, we didn't rehearse this a second. But, but I want to share with you, by the way, just to set the stage for this, and this will be toward the, the last of the segment, so warn me so at least a couple of minutes before, okay. is that I need even more courage in the area of serial coincidence and supersynchronicity than I need in the area of the soul phone. Really? Oh yeah, and so I make, let's make sure we get there. So let's take the soul phone briefly okay. so we can get back to sync the, the heart of the show, which is yeah. Yeah. science, okay? Or synchronicity science, and what is it, and how does it work as opposed to what does it personally mean to us? Now, yes. by the way, I've never given, I've given no thought to sharks. I typically don't like sharks. You know, we usually have a negative image of sharks. We don't see, quote, the positive side to sharks. And I never thought about it until the past, as I said, past couple of weeks. And by the way, these things are continuing to this day. Um, so I, it's very much on my mind. So getting back to the, the increased courage, the increased courage is that there are many, of, going public about this includes going public about very controversial research. For example, developing an electronic switch where a collaborate, we call them hypothesized collaborating spirits, can take their energy hand and put it into a special electronic field type switch with the goal of being able to, like a keystroke on a keyboard, you'll be able to pick up when they put their finger into the, the switch area. So you could be building a switch that would be, and our goal is to make it 99% reliable, so that we could then create, we call it a soul switch, so we could then create a soul keyboard so that spirit could now interact with us texting, for example. So the first application of a practical soul phone is what we call soul texting. Now, why is that controversial? The reason is as follows. Because we also end up, people ask us, they say, well, who are your hypothesized collaborating spirits? Who are these beings that are allegedly working with you? And by the way, I can't say anything, Bernie, without justifying it scientifically. I don't have the luxury of being, you know, working in, in a clinical realm where I can just work with people and not have to justify every statement I make with scientific evidence. Now, we've got about six minutes left, and okay. I want to get back to the difficulty the with... With okay. the super synchronicity. I, okay, then we'll do this one in one minute. So, for example, when I have to now acknowledge, which I confessed, by the way, in um, in my 2011 book, Sacred Promise, colon, um, how science is discovering spirits collaboration with us in our daily lives, I present evidence that we call them HHH, hypothesized Harry Houdini, is one of our, quote, test pilots, is one of our collaborators in, in documenting this work. And as soon as I say that, guess what happens? People go, what? They say, that's crazy. They say that can't be true. You're claiming that Harry Houdini, the magician? And then it becomes, then 
we could spend a whole hour just on that. Well, look, we, I, I think we've got, I've got the idea with this, and I, I want to bring it back to the synchronicity. The, the synchronicity. Okay, so yeah. now, why is that relevant? Here is the relevance, take-home message. How does it happen? And by the way, we've had over, I would say, at least 20 shark synchronicities occurring over the past couple of weeks, and really extraordinary ones. I haven't given you the huge ones. Um, how does that happen? We're now getting to this, that other meaning of what could, what could be bringing all these events together, spanning the timing of what's on a TV show, not just me watching it, but it being on at the time that I needed it. Yes. How could all of these events be orchestrated? We're not talking about just a pair of events. We're talking about serial events, 20 or more events. How could that happen? And guess what? The only conclusion that I come to, can come to, which I confessed in my book, Super Synchronicity, is that you have to look to the idea that there's some sort of great spirit using the Native American phrase, or one mind using Dr. Larry Dossie's phrase, or an infinite awareness and intelligence using Dr. Marjorie um, Wallacott's phrase, or um, God, which, uh, or Yahweh in the case of Jewish people, or God in the, when we say in English, or any of the other words that we have for some sort of a universal infinite intelligence. Let, let me add one. Um, um, the ECHO, E-C-C-O, Earth Coincidence Control Office. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that there's a grand CEO of this office. Well, I think there's, then, there's people working for him, and that's, and that's or her, or, or it. Right. I think, oh, the, I think there's subsets that have to do with you and with me. There are many layers of this. Yeah. Many, many layers. And I'm interested but, in, the, in, the, in the underlings to get right. to the boss. I'm, and I'm what like, I'm telling you is, you asked me why I have to have courage. Yes. Because in order for me to explain the whole package not just the people who are producing the events, but the people, the being that could see the big picture, that could arrange this, that extends not only days, but over months and even years. Once you start seeing connections that are connections that are connections, it takes you to what Sri Aurobindo, Bindo, sorry, Sri Aurobindo in um, India in the 20th century who was a great mystic in India, called the supermind. So for yeah. me, what yeah. I say is that in order to explain the mechanism of how the, this level of supersynchronicity can occur, you need, to, you need to envision some sort of supermind. And you know what's interesting about that supermind, Bernie? Is that it shows elements of being personal, i.e. each of us can interact with this supermind, so it has a personal element, and also it shows, quote, loving qualities. So we're now talking about supersynchronicity taking us to, quote, divine science. That takes tremendous courage to stand up for. And so for me, the shark became a symbol. And guess what? We bought it. Uh -huh. And... And we affectionately, we affectionately, you know, look at it as not just courage in our daily lives and not just courage in the soul phone work, but as added encouragement, maybe from the universe, it's a word that I use, or the source, that 
Personal science applied to a greater spiritual reality is a path that humans are now on. And, and, and we have been for thousands of years. And I, and I have been parallel writing about uh, synchronicity awareness as a spiritual path. Wonderful. That's why, you know, putting our two levels of expertise together, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Well, that's, that's part of what my job is here, uh, is to bring ideas about coincidence together through the people who are doing things like what you're doing and right. try to be able to, to get people talking the way we're talking on the radio to see what the parts of this greater whole is that involves synchronicity. Guess what? You should spearhead. We can do it at the University of Virginia or the University of Arizona, but I suggest that we hold the Synchronicity Summit um, we had one at Yale. You were there. Yes. Oh, that's right. But I'm suggesting that we that we hold the second one um, and have it be, you know, both more science based and more clinically based with yeah. the goal is to actually do something that will help take this work forward, both in I, the academic world and in the, the greater, the, you know, the all of our personal lives. Uh, that's the idea. I think that's an excellent idea. I've, I've been heading in that direction with the people on the show, getting to know how people are thinking by asking them about it. So uh, what we're talking about now, with coming around to you and I having this repeat of our conversation, that it looks like it's getting to be time to have uh, a super synchronicity conference. I think you're and, right. And we, we got to figure we'll, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it in some form or another. We'll keep talking about it. We're coming to the end of the show. And Gary, a delight to have you back again. Uh, and we're going to be planning ahead for something. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Biteman, MD, on the X Zone Broadcast Network with our guest, Gary Schwartz. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. 
We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.